Hi, I'm Joe Matresic, President of the Worcester County Commissioners, and you're listening to the Conduit Street Podcast, live at the Maryland Association of Counties Summer Conference at the Roland E. Powell Convention Center in Maryland's coast. Worcester County, the place to be this week to plug into local and state policy and politics. Hello and welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast live from the MAKO Summer Conference here in beautiful Ocean City, Maryland in Worcester County. Kevin Canale here with Michael Sanderson. Michael, big event. It's day one, but I think there's a big show to come here at our summer conference. It's happening. Vibe's really good in and around the conference. We've already had uh, the tech exposition was today and on Wednesday of the conference. It wasn't all that long ago that long timers like me that travel, it was sort of a travel day to, to work your way down to the beach on Wednesday. Some people would go to a golf tournament. We had a little sprinkling of content, but we've had the halls have been relatively lively. The the tech expo was really good this year. And it's just, it's good to be back in person and having that exchange. You can't replicate that by having a Zoom room. So really glad to be back at it. And speaking of tech, we have an excellent guest with us today, all the way from California, Chris Cruz from Tanium. And Chris, you are a veteran of state and local government. Now you have moved over to the private sector. But why don't you tell us about Tanium, a little bit about what you do, and what brings you to Maryland for our summer conference? Uh, it's great to be here with Mako. Thanks a lot. And, and again, I had a previous presentation this morning and really enjoyed the interaction and participation in the audience. Great. Thank you for being a part of this. As mentioned, uh, my, my career spans almost 30 years. The uh, last two years I spent as the chief information officer and registered voter in San Joaquin County, California. So uh, as we talked about, having and dealing with constituents um, directly was a, a breath of fresh air and allowed me to innovate, trans- transform, but also introduce new levels of security into the county's prowess. So I'll talk about those best practices and lessons learned today. Uh, previous to that, I spent four years as chief deputy director and deputy state CIO of California. Mm-hmm. So I ran the state's largest data center in the country, uh, IT operations, integrated that with information security to develop the necessary safeguards for our citizens out there in California. And I served in CIO and security level positions at Department of Healthcare Services around the state's largest Medicaid program in California for four years. Uh, stood up the health benefits exchange when Obamacare was uh, around, is still around in California, right. and served in uh, as CIO of food and agriculture. So 30 years of passionate, you know, civil right. servant. I wanted to share my experiences here and lessons with, uh, you know, government here in, in Maryland and, and foster developing working relationship. So I I came to Tanium. I spent four months now as a SLED CIO to, to have that level of responsibility, but partnership and developing those with the key constituents around the country to tell the Tanium story about how Tanium can help and address counties and mitigate risks and ensure that vulnerabilities are taken care of. Today, it's all about the endpoint, right? And management of the endpoint. You have people working in this hybrid model uh, moving forward. That's most likely going to continue with some people working from home, some people in the office. That presents new complexities on your network environment. It's incumbent upon all of us to address those complexities at the endpoint to make sure people are covered right. because those become your single, single points of vulnerabilities in your respective network areas. It seems to me that in the window of time where you've been engaged as a leader in the information field and particularly in the public sector, I would I would imagine that during that window of time, there's been a transformation that maybe 20 years ago, information and a, and a CIO or a tech officer was sort of a peripheral part of your function, that it was just one of those departments that took care of itself and, you know, the computer guy comes by when it's time to upgrade, that sort of thing. And that's how I suspect a lot of central public sector leaders thought of technology 
years ago, but it is increasingly more central to the way you think about customer service and like your word endpoint is exactly it. Right. If you're, if you're not taking ownership of that mission as a county commissioner, as a council member, county executive, whomever, you're, you're missing a big part of what you're trying to deliver to your residents and through your services. It's not, it's not a peripheral thing anymore. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. Back in the old days when I was first introduced as a CIO, it was all about desktop support, right? <laughs> that you're managing, right. you know, the mm-hmm. executive officer or the county commissioner or city council person had a problem with their desktop. You were called to fix it or bring just, uh, you know, network engineers in to address it. Now with the complexities, it's morphed into the CIO is almost like the deputy chief executive officer for that relative city, county, agency, or state now, where they're also responsible for information security. And right. information security is a double-edged sword because it's really everybody's responsibility. So you become a spokesperson for your respective government organization now to pontificate the importance of security and having the necessary security-based mechanisms in place throughout your uh, your entire IT network. Because so much what we do today is all about automation, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that we're doing is an automated fashion, how we do our jobs, how we manage our money, checking accounts, how we do data transform mm-hmm. transformations with respect to banks and, and managing dollars at the government level. It's all about automation. That means you need to protect and have the necessary levels of security in every area and component of your network. When people authenticate, it's absolutely important. You know, cybersecurity is our new World War III, believe it or not. And we can no longer gamble on just having insurance policies when they're needed. It's everyone's responsibility. And the cyber hackers are indiscriminate about who they go after now. They're going after counties, cities, municipalities, state government. They don't care. So the level and sense of urgency I'm glad to see happening here at the level and being talked about here at the MAKO conference. And Chris, it seems every day we're hearing about a new breach, whether it's in the private sector. You're right. I think we all know and recognize that these these hackers' sophisticated criminal networks are targeting local governments, state governments, school systems. Why do you think, I mean, is it the deep pockets? Is it that we do have sensitive information? And that, you, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, you're only as good as your employees, right? That, that's your biggest vulnerability. Somebody picks up a USB drive in the parking lot, sticks it in their computer, and all of a sudden you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So why do you think we've seen such an uptick in these, in these attacks against governments, particularly the ransomware attacks, which I think we're all familiar with, malware, where they take your information and they hold it hostage. And hopefully if you pay, they'll hopefully send you the money back. And I think we don't want people to pay, right? So talk a little bit about ransomware and why it's picked up so much, particularly with governments. Well, I think uh, the COVID pandemic, number one, Mm -hmm. um, it forced government to go into what I call a distributed workforce model. Right. And now you have many unmanaged endpoints outside your local presence, which is your office. Before you had a centralized approach for employees to come in, manage, connect into the network via their, you know, laptop or desktop support device or main computer. Nowadays, everyone has multiple devices they're plugging into the network, whether it's a Starbucks, their house, you know, the hotel here or anywhere else. That presents more complexity now because now you're having to manage visibility across your entire network, right. including those endpoints that are out extended above your network. Right. And the challenge has been with virtual private networks. That's great when you're plugging into those, but not everybody plugs into those to access your application layer. That's another challenge. So having, you know, single points of entry and having mitigation and addressing risk vulnerabilities out to the endpoint is today's new name of the game for counties and cities and state. And quite frankly, as government agencies, we're always behind, right? 
it won't happen to us. But now it's happening to us because the cyber hackers are becoming more sophisticated. They know that they can get ransomware dollars easily from the cities and counties who don't have that level of what I call security mitigation mm -hmm. and, and, and a vulnerability and cyber strategy in place to mitigate all this. So that's why you're seeing an uptick in this, and this is going to continue. Mm -hmm. And of, and of course, because of the nature of this switch, the, the pandemic breaks pretty rapidly and right. all sorts of organizations, not just in the public sector, suddenly found themselves, our workforce is going to be remote. But rather than having a 10-month plan to say, let's put all these things in place so we can do this in a wise way, it just turned into take your laptop home, save stuff on a thumb drive. We'll try and find some way for you to collect to our cloud things or whatever and start working from, from your den uh, just in the space of a week in, instead of a scheduled, organized transition with IT there along the way. So it was just fraught with it's, it's not the right way to do it in theory, I'm sure. Absolutely. Right? You know, and I always say comprehensive planning leads to success and in information security. You've got to have a cyber st strategy or a roadmap in place that effectuates the right types of changes. And that's where Tinium comes in to help you with that platform, do that cyber assessment, look at a platform or enterprise view across your entire network. And what happens today, and, and we understand this in government, and I, I, I managed it, I was part of that for a long time, is we have a distributed IT environment, right? You have central IT where the CIO and the CISO have some level of responsibility for policy making, developing tools, and laying out a strategy, and then you have distributed IT and some of the more, you know, like the sheriff's department or police mm -hmm. department or your district attorney's office or your EDD office that are kind of doing their own thing. Even though they're part of the network, they're segmented. And so bringing in tools now that do provide visibility and management and monitoring across the entire network is absolutely necessary. And so, so I guess if you're, if you're a decision maker, I mean, our, to some degree, the podcast audience are county government leaders and people who are in, in the public sector and so forth. This this kind of requires a different mindset than the old school, right? Where, right. you know, the counties are really good at, well, we're going to run parks. So we'll have a department of parks and a director of parks. And, and she'll be the person who manages all these different park functions and then the various deputies and, and facility people and so forth. We're all in our little cubes and Absolutely. so forth. But the idea of treating IT and those vulnerabilities wisely requires like all hands on deck. So maybe you have a CIO, but maybe you need a partner who can have a broader vision than just the conventional hire the employee and then that person does the job. Absolutely. You need a centralized governance approach that brings all those department heads that you just mentioned together in a, in a discussion to start talking about information security as being everyone's responsibility. And that's where it starts with prioritization and having a sound fundamental strategy that you can get buy-in from the parks director, mm -hmm. from, you know, the public health director, and everybody's sitting at the table. They may be having their own IT, uh, federated IT environment, but now you're saying, hey, information security is an enterprise perspective. We have to have these necessary safeguards across the enterprise to be successful. And that's how you introduce change in government, because you're right, we're so siloed off mm -hmm. in terms of how we think. We're one county, but we're 31 different departments. Right. And so in San Joaquin County, we had the same approach. And I went to each one of those constitutional officers and elected officials to say, hey, it's time that we sit down and talk about a common security posture or a single pane of glass for the entire county. And this is how we need to go about doing it and using tools like Tanium that can effectuate that kind of change. So it gives the CIO, the CISO, but every other important administrator, some level of visibility throughout what's happening in the county. Because the problem is when we do this in a decentralized fashion, we're missing things. 
we're missing endpoints, we're not monitoring appropriately, the weakest link in the chain ends up getting compromised and now you've got a problem. And I think I've heard you refer to that siloed approach as the Baskin-Robbins approach, right? 31 right. different flavors, you're <laughs> offering too many flavors, you're not on the same page. So, I mean, you mentioned Tanium and, and their solutions for this kind of stuff. I think that the pandemic uh, has, has shown everybody that this is very important. Just like with broadband, we, we've been talking for years about getting people connected. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you got money flowing in from every direction, right? And I think we're seeing sort of the same thing with, with cybersecurity. People are starting to see that this is a big problem. These are sophisticated criminal networks. I know that for some of them, they'll, they'll, they have customer service, right? You can, if you get hacked and they want money, you can call a number and they'll talk you through how to do Bitcoin. These people are sophisticated and, and apparently they are very nice on the phone talking to you as well while they're stealing your money. But so, so we've talked a lot about avoiding the Baskin Robbins approach and getting everybody on the same page, making sure that we're integrated and connected and we're, we're all working toward the same goal. What's the first step if somebody's listening right now, a decision maker, what is the first thing they need to do to sort of say, okay, I want to do everything you're talking about, but I don't know how to start and I need help. First thing you got to do is do an IT security assessment. Do a gap analysis within your program, determine what your as is environment is and the to be and what those gaps are, and then prioritize based on that. Don't you know, have a sense of urgency to do that. Put together that framework first, because a lot of people just buy tools. They buy tools to solve problems. Um, you know, we all have done that. I've been guilty of that. But you got to have a coordinated framework and approach to come in and look at a, do an IT security assessment. You know, that's what we do at Tanium. When we come in, we pilot our product and we determine how many unmanaged endpoints you have in your environment. So you can see the gaps and duplicity within your respective environment. That's important because that helps you make some educated decisions to say, hey, look, I got to cover these gaps in our model and the existing tools that I have in place aren't doing an efficient job of doing that. So getting and attaining 100% efficiency or close to that is what we all need to do now. 75% doesn't cut it anymore. That means you got 20% to 25% of your environment that's unmanaged. And so I think that's the key to the game is hygiene assessment, do a security assessment, first order of magnitude, bring all the key decision makers into that process if you're the CIO with the CISO, integrate security with operations, mm -hmm. right? You gotta do that. They can't stand on different sides of the fence anymore. They have to be part of the key decision-making process because that's what it's going to take. It can't be just, you know, operations owning vulnerability and patch management and running that IT hygiene and the security guy just looking at risks and assessments and, you know, anything from a ransomware perspective and how to mitigate that. Mm -hmm. They have to be working together. And that's going to be key. And that's what it's going to take for us in government, really at the county level, to address those kinds of issues. Mm -hmm. It's a partnership. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess, you know, when we're talking about these sophisticated networks, you may have some smaller counties sitting out there thinking, we can't compete. If these people are attacking us, you know, thousands of times per day, and all it takes is our folks to make one mistake, right? They, they can target everybody, and hopefully they'll get one for them. They'll get one person to click a link, or somebody, again, picks up a USB stick and sticks it in a computer. But you know, this has got to be overwhelming, and I'm sure some of the people you talk to are just sitting there and thinking, what are we going to do? I mean, yeah. we did the assessment. We see that we have these endpoints that are not secure. So we got laptops out there and cell phones. 
it's got to be intimidating when you're looking at, you know, nation states, right, right, that are sponsoring some of these attacks and the technology that they have. So I'm interested in, in what you do and specifically how Tanium comes in. And is, is it sort of like a, a one-shop approach where you just, we give you the keys and you say, okay, thank you very much. We're going to do the assessments. We're going to tell you what you need to do. Because it seems to me that's the only way that we can compete with what we're seeing out there in, in the criminal world in terms of cyber actors. You know, that's a great point, and that's what Tanium does. It comes in, does the cybersecurity assessment for you, determines the as-is and to-be analysis, shows you how many endpoints that you have that are unmanaged, and then prescribes kind of a treatment. Mm -hmm. So like when you go to a doctor, right, or if you 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 need an antibiotic, you've got a bacterial infection, Mm -hmm. they kind of come in. We have Tanium account managers. So we really take a customer service approach to this, Mm -hmm. and that's why I really like Tanium became a user as a CIO is because – Unlike a lot of software I bought in my 30-year career, I bought it and then, okay, boss, how do we implement it, right? Well, it's going to take another million dollars to get this up and running and optimize in my organization. Where Tanium can help come pre-configured with a normal platform that we can bring in and get it up and running in a matter of hours now that they have Tanium as a service, which is a cloud solution. So they can come in and deploy this within a matter of days or hours after you do your initial assessment to address your gaps in your delivery model. And you don't need 10 people to do that. Because in San Joaquin County, I had 12 people working on SSCM, ServiceNow, um, you know, a multitude of tools, as I talked about, and we had no integration into those tools. So I never knew what the single source of truth is. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to eliminate our resource contention by bringing Tanium in, rolling it out, and also reducing our complexity in our environment once we rolled it out across the entire county, including those constitutional officers or elected officials office. We had monitoring and availability, plus Tanium provided the necessary knowledge transfer to my folks. So I had a CISO as the main admin person and a backup network engineer. That's all it took to run and manage and get all of that data in the environment. So, And I realized that, just like my county, which is a medium county, the smaller counties to what you attest to, mm-hmm. you know, they might even have half a PY. Mm-hmm. So I think getting tools in that can run in place, that can come auto-configured to address those needs, or maybe all you need to do is monitor those actual alerts coming in, is a better way for some of these smaller organizations. I have to think that there are probably some sort of dividends that show up by by sort of following the sensible path here. And obviously you want to reduce the likelihood that you suffer a terrible attack or that if you do that you're in the worst situation and most vulnerable and that sort of thing. But I, it seems to me like right now you might be a public sector leader thinking about, okay, you know, you do this front-end analysis and you come up with where are our gaps, what do we need to tend to. If you've done that, that probably makes you a more attractive a target to, for someone to write you an insurance policy. Like mm-hmm. that's one of, one of the things that we're thinking about is, okay, this is a risk that we know is present. So we should be accounting for that. And whether it's we set aside a bag of money to self-insure or we need a policy from somebody who can do the same, um, you put yourself in the best situation to be uninsured by having best practices and doing this kind of risk accounting. And it seems to me even bigger than just thinking about IT, this is the kind of question that's going to have to come up when you make your pilgrimage to New York and you meet with Standard & Poor's and they want to talk about your creditworthiness as a bond issuer and they want to they want to decide whether you're a triple-a county maryland's full of triple-a counties and we want to stay that way Absolutely. and if if you haven't been thinking through these kind of risks and, and vulnerabilities 
that's going to be a you know the sharp pencil suddenly goes on from some from some bean counter, you know up up up, up at Standard and Poor's saying, well, uh, if you don't have a plan for this, then you haven't thought things through, and we don't like that. Right, so, right exactly, and and that's where the other impacts are. If your risk uh, threshold is high. Then obviously your, your ability or credit rating is going to go down because that's not one of the criteria that they're evaluating mm-hmm. you on, right? Mm-hmm. Is how you're managing and safeguarding your critical data because data is sold yeah. in the black market for millions of dollars. <laughs> and, and nowadays the cyber hackers are not only stealing data from people's accounts, they're stealing your whole inbox, right? Your inbox, your sun yeah. items and everything else that comes along with it, which could have proprietary information. So now it's becoming a much more sophisticated game, but you're absolutely right. Cyber ins- security and cyber insurance is good, but that's not the end all that bees all. And what I go back to is if your IT hygiene is in order and you have the necessary vulnerability tools in place to manage the platform and manage and monitor that throughout your respective organization, you're going to be in a much better position to mitigate and manage risk than you are today. Buying an insurance policy and, and, and some of those policies don't always cover ransomware attacks or other things that happen to you. And I know I had that in my previous county. We had a $5 million cyber insurance account. But once we read through the fine line of the insurance policy, there's lots of things they didn't cover. And maybe they only would have covered 10% of a cyber attack. Well, it leaves the county on the hook for 5 or $6 million. Mm-hmm. And some of these smaller organizations, that's a lot of money to answer to your constituents about, right? So you just don't want to get there. You know, I always say, you know, pound again, you, you gotta basically measure twice and cut once. And if you're in a situation where you're doing proactive monitoring, you have a good risk ma- methodology in place, you have a good cyber strategy, and you're practicing good high T hygiene with the right types of tools like Tanium coming in, you're gonna be in a much better position to tell a more positive story to your constituents. Let's say we didn't take the, the proactive measures to protect ourselves and we get hit and everything shut down. We can't access anything. What do we do? Is it too late to call somebody like Tanium at that point to say we need triage right now? Nothing works. We can't get our, our law enforcement computers aren't working out in the field. We can't process payments. We can't do anything. All of our information is stolen. They're holding it ransom. What do you do in that situation? Well, definitely I would call Tanium because they could come in through their threat detection and response mechanism and figure out what exactly happened in your environment, right? Because you've got to go through a triage and mm-hmm. this and troubleshoot it. And it may be that, no, you can't rescue this, but at least Tanium can come in and tell you and give you some recommendations on how you go go about rebuilding your environment. Maybe you got to rebuild all your network servers. Wait, maybe you're beyond that point. But yeah, definitely. I know Tanium's been brought into a lot of major organizations that have had breaches and ransomware attacks, and they've evaluated and been able to bring those folks back to a level of uh, operations to get them back on their feet. But it just depends on the level and severity of the attack and how late you wait in the process. If you're catching it right away, just like, unfortunately, you know, God forbid, if some one of us got cancer, if you catch it early, your diagnosis for recovery is probably going to be much better. Same situation with a ransomware attack. What's the end game here? I mean, you said this is going to continue to happen. We know there are vulnerabilities. What is the private sector doing in terms of investment that government can learn from? I mean, we oftentimes talk on this podcast about new technology tech or new policy catching up to this new technology. And we know that the private sector oftentimes is ahead when it comes to technology. What can we learn in government from the private sector? What are they doing now? I assume they're doing a lot of these proactive things that you're talking about, right? And that should be a signal, I think, to everybody in government that that's what we should be doing too. And Tanium, and I think, again, if you look at the federal government, Tanium's an all branches of the Air Force, including the Pentagon, right? Because they, they understand the, the importance of their data, safeguarding and keeping it away from foreign intruders. Same thing with the banking industry. 
a lot of those organizations are already using Tanium. Mm-hmm. So what Tanium has come up with is a mid-market approach now to how we address government clients in a way what I call is affordable, right? Mm-hmm. Ways that you can leverage the same kind of technology and security components that we integrate across those networks and bring that to you as well so you can take advantage of those core competencies. And that's super important. And it sounds like those products, like you said, they're affordable and any level of government can afford them and get them and make sure that they're protecting their data. We know that one size does not fit all. And I'm sure that you all build solutions, you know, to fit every level of government, every type of government, every need out there. So that's really good to hear. Michael, what do you think here? I mean, I don't know how we're all going to sleep at night now. I don't know how you sleep at night <laughs> thinking about all of this stuff nonstop. And well, I don't do things over my computer. I minimize that as much as I can when it comes to financial transactions. So that was my next question, right, is, <laughs> is, is, is give us like a, a horror story or what can we do, not even as government, but just me uh, as somebody who's maybe not as sophisticated as I should be when it comes to cybersecurity. I'm logging on to public Wi-Fi. I don't do bank transactions, but I'm certainly maybe exposing things. What can somebody do every day? to protect themselves and their devices, not necessarily a government, but just all of us in this room. Give us a best practice. Is it just stay off your devices? Is that the only thing we can do? Well, I think it's having you know, two-factor authentication mm-hmm. and being able to mm-hmm. authenticate into a third-party component before you access a system, right? And then that way it logs you off maybe after 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So there's a cutoff. Because I know people as a computer stay on all night, and so does their access to major critical systems. That's a no-no, right. especially over a Wi-Fi network. You're asking for trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you one one thing that happened to me one time is uh, my ATM card got compromised because I was going to get gas, right? So mm-hmm. I plugged in my ATM account number, right. and then I got a note from Chevron saying that my card was compromised. And so, you know, they have a lot of those machines they can put on there. So I would advise you probably not to put your credit card in a, you know, when you pay for gas because they still haven't perfected that. to a So you're talking about like the skimmers. Scammers and skimmers are stealing your, your personal information. So that happened to me. So. It happened well, I to pay, you. I, pay, I don't pay cash anymore for gas because now I have an electric car. So, okay. so we need to buy Teslas and yeah, just turn our computers off at night. That sounds like that's the, that's the angle. Right? Exactly. Okay. Buy electric. Buy electric. All right, Michael, anything else? Any closing thoughts from you? Again, Chris, you're, that, this is great. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you to Tanium for providing these solutions. And, and Michael, you're, you're a tech guy. We like to talk tech. What are your closing thoughts? I just, I think this is the kind of stuff that our conference needs to bring to our members. So having, having a technology theme, theme all the way through Wednesday makes a lot of sense. And we, we, we draw, a character of attendee might be different from the folks who will be here talking about public health issues and public safety and all the other things that we're doing on the front lines during and hopefully after this pandemic. So I think, you know, we're building this correctly. Um, you have to focus on the risks and sometimes you have to talk about the negative side, but the reason we're here talking about this stuff is there are things you can do. There are partners you can work with and there are steps you can take now. So those are the kind of takeaways that we want our listeners and our county leaders who are here and around the conference to come home with, bring back from the conference. Okay. It's time for us. Let's get an RFP out the door to get someone to help us with this kind of risk assessment and this audit. And then I got six other things that I also came back from the conference with a sense that we got to get working on this too. And I got to call Charles County because they've already launched that program and I want to do it as well as they are. That's, that's us living up to our mission here, I think. 
And Chris, we're going to link all of, we're going to put a, provide all of your information in the show notes and, and how to get in touch with Tanium. Any closing thoughts from you before we wrap up? No, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity. I think it was a great discussion. And we you know, look forward to working with Maryland Association of Counties and see how we can help you guys be part of your solution and mitigating all your risks. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for all of our listeners, you can always follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, the Conduit Street blog. Please subscribe to the podcast. That way, all of these episodes will be sent directly to the device of your choice. From the Roland Powell Convention Center in Ocean City, Maryland, and for Chris Cruz and Michael Sanderson, Kevin Canale signing off, and we will talk to you soon.